The Mean Gene Show on iHeartRadio. You can also listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Mean Gene Show airs weekly on iHeartRadio with guest professional athletes, national sports writers, and much more. We discuss the latest in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and more. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Mean Gene Show. We are streaming live here on podbean.com. It is a Tuesday morning, January 16, 2024. Hope you are doing well. I know it is cold, cold everywhere. As a matter of fact, right now, 13 degrees, Houston, Texas, not necessarily what we call warm weather. For those of you who have been to the Gulf Coast, you know what I'm talking about. It is bitterly cold. And uh, I just got a text message from my son who says that they are without power. Uh, I don't know if you remember 2021 when Southeast Texas suffered a major, major uh, cold front that came through. Rare, very rare. Uh, We got a couple of inches of snow here in the Houston area. But anyway, um, so I might have to warn you that we because I'm doing the show from home that uh, if I just go blank for some reason, then there are likely, uh, it's likely due to a power outage. Right now I do have power, so we're gonna make sure we get this show done in a hurry and uh, and and hopefully we can be successful with it. But anyway, hope you enjoyed your Martin Luther King Day. Hope you enjoyed all of the games on yesterday. I mean, look, if you were able to watch games because the weather has been like one of the top stories other than, you know, football. But football and weather has just been, you know, hand in hand there. And great job done by, and I was very critical of the NFL and what they should have done and what they didn't do in the Buffalo area. But the game with the Steelers and the Buffalo Bills, those stadium workers or volunteers or whoever, well, it wasn't volunteers because they did get people to come in and what they paid them 20 bucks an hour, gave them free food. That field looked magnificent. Now, you know, I didn't play on it, and those players could tell you something different probably. But it looked like they did a hell of a job. So I just want to, you know, wow, just incredible. And despite because we saw what that field looked like the other day to where they couldn't play that game. So just incredible, incredible effort. So once again, it's the Mean Gene Show streaming live here on Podbean. And, of course, you can catch the podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Join me. Dustin Pfeiffer for the Sports King Show this upcoming Friday morning for our NFL Division of Rounds. Yes, we are at the Division of Rounds uh, playoff show immediately after the Mean Gene Show as we also stream here on Podbean.com and get you ready for more NFL playoff games. We give you our thoughts and opinions, predictions, and analysis for the next weekend's games. But first, let's get into what took place yesterday in the final two wild card games. And, of course, I have other important sports news and updates. The show is brought to you by thescore.com. Download the app, follow your favorite teams, favorite sports, and get your daily scores and sports updates. All right, we're going to start with the game I was just referring to, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. 
in one of the final two wild card games. This game originally was supposed to have been played on Sunday, but it was moved so that they could do the unthinkable to uh, do a miracle and get all of that snow off the field and, you know, wherever they put it, because it definitely didn't melt because the temperatures didn't <laughs> allow that to happen. But, man, they, they did a, a, a miraculous job. So it was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Pittsburgh comes in as that uh, seventh seed, you know, just barely getting into the playoffs, but they got in there, right, and the Buffalo Bills by going into Miami in that final week of the regular season and beating the Dolphins and uh, secured that two seed. And, and uh, man, I tell you what, 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 what can we say? Josh Allen came out there and he threw three touchdown passes. And, and uh, man, did you see the 52-yard run? Uh, look, no one saw that coming, okay? And I watched it, and I'm like, nah, okay, he's going to go down. He's going to run out of bounds. No, no. He got up that field like it was 80 degrees and a nice sunny day in Buffalo. He didn't care the weather, none of that stuff. Uh, and I'm going to talk about a lot could be taken from that determination and, and what he wanted to do. Josh Allen has put the Buffalo Bills on his back. And, and uh, man, incredible. So that 52-yard run. And, 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 man, Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 31-17. And uh, I tell you what, boy, and look, did you see all of the snowballs, you know, being tossed in the air, you know, um, and that came, of course, when uh, near the end of the game, when he threw that 17-yard touchdown pass to uh, Shakir, uh, you know, that, that sort of gave them that two-touchdown lead over Pittsburgh. And, man, it was, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. I mean, that team right there, the Buffalo Bills are serious. Now, I picked the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl. Well, we know Dallas ain't going to get there. But I might be right on one of them. But this is why the, the, the playoffs now become so interesting now because now we already know that the Buffalo Bills and – the Baltimore Ravens are going to be on some sort of collision course. Now, I'm just sort of – I didn't hit the fast-forward button, but I'm going to slow it down here because I know there's still a lot of games to be played. But, man, uh, look, the Buffalo Bills are advancing. They now will play the Kansas City Chiefs. And, look, and, and this is why the Buffalo Bills are hot, people, because they close the regular season – with five straight wins, and you know all of the struggles and everything that took place, this is why you have to be patient when it comes to the NFL. It is a long season, 18 games. Man, it's like a it's a soap opera because you're going to have, oh, man, look here, they're 0-4. What's going to happen? Oh, wow, man, they just won four in a row. Ooh, they're 8-8. Eight and, eight. and then, and, and look, then they, they got, they they still have nine more you know more games to go, so what do you you know you just don't know. I mean, there's so many ups and downs, and while you're having that roller coaster of a season, man, you just hope when you get to the end of your ride that roller coaster's up, you know. And that's basically what happened to the Buffalo Bills when you just kind of look back at their season, you know, you know, 
The, the, the roller coaster started down, then it get up, and it went down, and then and it went up again. And 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 that's and this is where they are. And and to finish strong, you know, and and uh, and that's what they did. I still think what you do in December matters. It really does. I, and I know the season sort of uh, rolls over into January now. So it's, it's basically what you do in in December and early January. You have to be playing your best football. And when you look at some of these teams that are in there now, and we're, you know, as we're down to the final eight of the NFL right now, what, those teams that have, have done what they needed to do and, and 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 mid December all the way up until late Jan- uh, early January, Buffalo Bills is one of those teams getting it done there, and now they move on to take the take on the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, and and uh, host a game. Okay, they'll you know because they're used to going on the road and doing this, doing that. The they are because they got that two seed, and that's why it was so important. Kansas City being the three seed. They have to play them on Sunday night, uh, this coming Sunday night. So uh, it's going to be great. But anyway, man, Allen finished the game with uh, 21 of 30, 203 yards. Uh, of course, he ran for 74 yards on on eight carries. Man, this guy does not care, uh, hold back uh, from running, okay? Uh, just great. Just great. Man, he was the first quarterback in NFL history to throw uh, for three or more touchdown passes while rushing for 70 or more in a score. You know, just continue to go into the record books and determination. I just think, and I, you know, that window of opportunity when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, this could be their year to get there. But, man, it's just the, 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 whoo, man, crescendo is happening because this Buffalo, I'm just already looking. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't be looking ahead to Buffalo and, and 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 Baltimore, but I am okay. So anyway, all right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Mason Rudolph threw two touchdown passes and an interception in his first playoff start with the Steelers. Uh, but man, they were just the Steelers. Just you know, they just I, I don't know. I mean, they just couldn't. It was a, they just were not consistent enough, you know. And and of course, man. They will go down. Mike Tomlin will go down right now, and I'm going to talk about Mike Tomlin here in a minute. Uh, Steelers lose their fifth straight playoff game. Okay, and let's just just talk about that because this is where they add up at. You know, this is what people kind of look at. They look at the loss yesterday, and then they just add on to the other ones. And and uh, man, it's been a while. It's been a while since the Steelers have had a postseason victory there. So, and this is definitely. Something that people need to think about there. And we all know, uh, you know, Tomlin's, you know, this is he just completed 17 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we have seen everything that has taken place here in the NFL with some legends, you know, being, you know, uh, let go or what have you. We saw Pete Carroll, you know, and 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 Bill Belichick here. So we 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 don't know. I honestly think if you want to know what Mean Gene thinks, I, it's my opinion. I own it. You can't do nothing about it. Um, I think Mike Tomlin is going to step down. And I think Mike Tomlin is going to take some time. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gave a, a press conference, not not the short one that he gave yesterday, <laughs> but I think he's going to give a press conference out there. I, now, this is me, okay? Uh, and this is what I'm thinking, okay? 
that he's going to give a press conference. I think Mike Tomlin's going to announce that, hey, it's been a good run. I think he, he's going to take some time. Him and his family are going to take a, uh, take some time off from football and and um, and just kind of enjoy some time off and, and p- perhaps maybe come back into coaching at the appropriate time. I know there's a lot of job openings out there now, but I don't see Tomlin rushing and going into another situation. That's just me. Now, I could be completely wrong. He could come back and, and, and say, hey, we're going to come back. We're going to do it again. And and I know Cam Haywood is saying exactly that, that, you know, he is the guy that keeps this thing together. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, after a while, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are very loyal. I am one of them. And after a while, um, I mean, hey, we'll wish Mike Tomlin well. And he'll go on and be successful somewhere else. But, man, you know, look, uh, that's not Pittsburgh Steelers football. You've heard Mike Tomlin say that many, many times. And he knows that himself, that it's not acceptable to lose, to lose consecutive playoff games. You know, winning, uh, you know, I remember he told Willie Parker when Willie Parker was pissed off at him at one particular time because he wasn't getting the ball enough. Like, hey, there's no rushing titles in here, in this in this trophy case. There are championship trophies here. There's this. So he's got to check himself. Like, hey, you know, look, man, look. So, hey, so what? We win. I've never had a losing season. How many Super Bowls? have You know, I've had 17 winning seasons, but I've only had one Super Bowl championship. You know. Uh, two AFC championships in 17, you know. So sometimes the numbers just don't add up, okay? And that's what people start to look at, just how quickly we were able to to say, okay, yeah, you lost that playoff game yesterday, but guess what? You also lost the other four. So now you have lost five in a row. I mean, the, 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 this is what people start to look at. And it just, you know, Janet Jackson had that song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? This is what it all boils down to. This is what it all boils down to um, when you look at Mike Tomlin. And and Mike Tomlin knows that. He knows that. And and one reason why he probably walked out of that presser yesterday because he saw it coming. I mean, it it was, look, I have interviewed Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has always just been sharp, quick, able to confront and answer any question. He knows it's coming. He knows pretty much it. He, he, he's just, man, almost like a politician, ready, ready to give the answer, the politically correct answer. But yesterday, you know, uh, I mean, the young lady just started off with, hey, Mike, you have a, leer, uh, you have a year left on your contract, and boom, he was out of there. I mean, he rolled his eyes. And hauled ass, and and it was like, and and how I read into that was like, he's already made up his mind, and he's just not ready to address that now. Because to go on and say anything about something that you have already made your decision about, you're either going to sound stupid, because to go up and say, you know, look, yeah, you know, we we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna work through this stuff we're gonna i'm looking forward to coming back next year i mean you know the 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 regular stuff if you know mike tomlin you know he's ready to give an answer because he knows he knew that was coming come on i mean you know he's been in pittsburgh for 17 years 
Yeah, he, he knew that was coming. He knew it was coming. You know, the press, you know, we're pretty smart. We're gonna get we're gonna get the logistics out the way. We're gonna go, we're gonna ask about Mason Rudolph and the, the run game and and the defense and and Minka Fitzpatrick and and and, and we're gonna ask about the normal stuff and then we're gonna get down to the serious nitty gritty stuff. Okay. The season's over. Let's cut to the chase. What the hell are you gonna do next year, Mike Tomlin? And and he stormed off. It, it looked it looked really bad, but it might make sense in the long run. Okay, when the time is right, when the environment is right, usually not after a loss. Just didn't want to address that because when you open up the one question, then comes a thousand more. So I get that, Mike Tomlin. I get that. I get that. And we shall see. But I'm willing to bet that on his terms with with Mr. Rooney, who I have also met, um, that they are going to do this the right way. And I would be willing to bet you when it's all said and done, Mr. Rooney will be leading the charge. And they will make this announcement at the at, at the right time so just keep keep an eye on it because it, it, it's coming and he definitely even if he stays he definitely deserves to still answer that question right so we're gonna see how 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 that's gonna work so anyway uh let's get into last night's game which look i tell you what Having uh, you guys really enjoyed Sony Thompson yesterday on the show. My goodness, man, a lot of positive feedback uh, from having her on yesterday. As apparently she was a good luck charm for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. <laughs> wow, I tell you what, man. Woo, look for those of you who was just willing and and look, and I could be one of those. I did not see. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady really did leave the Buccaneers in good hands. I thought when they parted ways with the running back that, uh, I don't know, they really, they did, they didn't bust up the team, but uh, you know, that was a shocker. And, um, but look at this. And then when we saw Baker Mayfield, you know, being released by the Rams and joining the Bucks. And I'm like, whoa, okay, you know, and, uh, you know, what's going to happen here? How's this thing going to play out? And how is this whole NFC thing is going to play out? Because, you know, once Brady left and Mayfield came in and, you know, we saw what uh, Derek Carr going to New Orleans and what was going on with Desmond Ritter getting, a, you know, more experience down there in Atlanta. And we knew, and then we even saw with, uh, with the kid going up there and, and, and Bryce Young going up there and, 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 uh, Charlotte uh, in Carolina figured that NFC South was up for grabs, but man, Tampa Bay has taken, taken advantage of this. I will agree with everyone. Baker Mayfield and Sony Thompson knows it better because she has spent more time down there with the Buccaneers talking to these guys interviewing uh, Baker, coach Bowles, all of those guys down there. Baker Mayfield uh, is just a different person. And I think you have to be uh, his head it's not as swollen as it used to be when he was in Cleveland. And this guy has humbled himself 
And he led the Bucks past the Eagles. And now uh, they get ready to face the Detroit Lions. But let's talk about this game here first. They win 32 to 9 in a wild card playoff victory over Jalen Hurts and the defending NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. And I tell you what, I had to say it that way because that's 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 who they beat last night. They didn't just beat no scrub team. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that is totally opposite of what I had told you about the Buffalo Bills. The wrong side of that roller coaster, that roller coaster is going down. And the, and the Eagles was on that that roller coaster. You know, where the Buffalo Bills roller coaster was going up, the Eagles roller coaster was going down. And that's basically how they finished the season. Um, now, granted, look, it it when we got the report over the weekend that A.J. Brown, who had that knee injury uh, in the last season, I mean, in the last game of the season, um, man, that didn't look good. And then when you saw uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, when he saw that finger last night, they actually showed you how bad that thing looked. Man, it just wasn't just wasn't right. Just just wasn't right. I mean, it just, you know, Nick Sirianni had a lot of things going against him. You know, you don't have A.J. Brown. You got a quarterback that's just not really healthy. And, uh, you know, you saw the tush push didn't work for probably the first time ever last night. And and, um, and then you just saw a determined Tampa Bay team that was ready to go. I mean, the Eagles, one and five down the stretch after a 10-1 start. And I think that's why it's just hard to swallow for Eagles fans because 10-1, you, you know, for a while we were just talking about the three best teams in the NFL were the Eagles, Cowboys, and the 49ers. Well, the 49ers are still there. And we totally disrespected the Lions who – are there, you know, now they're in the conversation, but the, 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 the two of the three hottest are gone. And I mean, they were red hot. The Cowboys was hot. The Eagles were hot and, uh, you know, man, crazy. And, and, and don't think now that the 49ers are just going to have it easy. That, and that's where people get caught sleeping. And and just so you know, and, and I was talking with some friends yesterday, and and oh yeah, it's gonna be Baltimore and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it looks that way, don't it? It really does. It really looks that way. And I've been around a lot of football, folks. I don't, I don't just sit up here and plug this equipment in and just run my damn mouth for an hour because I don't have nothing better to do. I have invested a lot of time in this stuff. I have been in these locker rooms. I have been at these training camps. I have talked to these players. Hell, I've been to several Super Bowls. I've been in locker rooms after Super Bowls. I've interviewed players. So I know what the hell I'm talking about. All right. I done seen this. I done seen lots of it, you know, and, uh, you know, God willing, I'd be 60 years old. So I've seen a lot of it. I'd be 60 years old this year. I have seen quite a bit of it. I've hung out with some of these teams, Pittsburgh Steelers, the the Chargers when they were in San Diego, the Raiders. I spent a lot of time with these teams. So I, I, I kind of know these histories. So 
has, you know, these reporters, when you see these guys and respect these media guys, because they know what they, there are people that have done way more work than I have. Um, but these guys know what they're talking about. And look, yeah, more likely than not, the odds are in their favor that the, um, the Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens are, are, are on a collision course. Yes. But you have to also look at the noise. The noise is the Detroit Lions. Hell, it could be the Green Bay Packers after what they did to Dallas. And the noise is the Buffalo Bills. That's the noise. So while these other teams, and, and look, uh, San Francisco and Baltimore, have been they, they saw all of this this weekend. Okay, and sometimes teams will tell you, and I have talked with players, they, the players would rather be playing. Because think about it. Not only have some of these guys set out just this week because they, you know, had to buy, some of them set out the final week of the season. So they're getting two weeks out. And some players will tell you they want to be playing. So by the time they play this week, by the time some of the 49er players take on Green Bay, and by the time uh, some of the Ravens take on the Texans, the Texans is a hot-ass team right now. <laughs> so just imagine you got a train coming at you, and it's coming, and you just you just not getting on the tracks to stop it, you know, because you saw it coming two days ago, and, and, and that's how this thing could go. So, I mean – just that's what I'm just trying to educate you and don't be myopic and just look at these number one seeds. You know, we get caught up in numbers. Oh, these are the, the two best teams. Yeah, they're the two best teams on paper. They earned the right to be number one seeds, but that don't mean deadly squat. Don't mean that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Probably one of them might go. Who knows? We, we'll see. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off on a, on a, on a tangent like that, but I just want to kind of Open up your eyes, and we'll talk more about that uh, this Friday with Dustin and how, how these things – this is exciting. This is why I love football, and, and every year, it, you know, no matter who you have in there in these final eights for the division rounds, man, it gets interesting. But anyway, all right, so Nick Sirianni. Um, what, what's going to happen with Nick Sirianni? What's going to happen with this uh, – obviously, you know – it's tough. I I hate to see a coach get fired when look, I gave you the numbers. They were ten and one down the stretch, they were one and five. He could make the case for why they were one and five, you know. Uh whether or not Jalen Hurts was hurt and they refused to admit it or what have you, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy. It's tough to come back and just do things again year year in and year year out. You know, Andy Reid is is able to put it together, but Andy Reid is 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 in a category of his own. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen in the meeting between Nick Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie, uh, the owner of the Eagles, and whether or not he's going to be fired. I know this has been a year of changes, or the you know starting to be the year twenty twenty four, the year of changes in the NFL, and you know. I don't know. I personally think he's going to be able to stay. You know, I just don't think. Sometimes a lot of change is not good. Look, but 
Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lurie's uh, past, I tell you, boy, his past. Look, he fired Doug Peterson after winning the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Now, you can only imagine what he would do for a coach who made it to a Super Bowl and didn't and get beat in the playoffs in the first round the, uh, the following year. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look good. But, man, when you don't have, you know, when you don't have A.J. Brown, and it shouldn't be based on one player, you know, you should have had. But that defense, though, man, when the 49ers was going out there getting and loading up, you know, you have to look at the GM, too. I mean, you know, what did the Eagles do to match what the 49ers was doing? They gave up 426 yards to the Buccaneers. And I'm and, and I mean, you know, total yards there. So it's just crazy. So I don't know. I mean, you know, fire your defensive coordinator, maybe. You know, you really have to look at what led to the meltdown of the 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 final six games of the season to really break this down. And I know Jeffrey Lurie is not a dumb guy. And I think that's what's gonna probably happen. Okay. I I just don't think they are going to you know, base it on uh, certainly just the one game, but, you know, the late season collapse some, somewhere, uh, it has to be uh, some, someone's going to have to kind of just really put, put and believe me, the, the Jeffrey Lurie is going to be the one. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni should get another job. Me and Dustin Pfeiffer, we text last night uh, back and forth on this, and I think uh, we sort of agreed that he might be fired. I don't think he should be, but he 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 might be, and you know, because there's 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 another reason why owners might take advantage of the opportunity is because there are a lot of of talent out there now. That's that's the good and the bad thing about when there's a a, a large wave of of firings and and uh, coaches that become available. You look at your guy and you're like, man, do I do it now? Because there's a lot of coaches. You know, Mike Vrabel, there's Pete Carroll, there's Bill Belichick. I mean, what, do I do it now? Mike Tomlin might be there. And uh, you shoot yourself in the foot next year when, you know, nobody's available. You know, so we, we should see anyway. All right. Um, let's just kind of uh, look at the, the eight teams and, and get you ready for uh, the NFL divisional schedule, which – uh, it's, it's, it's next week. So what we're going to have here in the AFC, uh, the four teams that are left on Saturday, uh, we down, look, we get spoiled. Uh, we got spoiled last weekend. So now it, it look, it, boy, you know, the Super Bowl is getting close because we don't have as many games. All right. Saturday, just one game. So you're going to have to find something else to do. You have to start watching NBA or college basketball because there's only one game Saturday. And that's the Texans at the Ravens. And that's going to be on ESPN 430 Eastern. There's only one game on Sunday. All right. And that's the Chiefs at the Bills. And that's on CBS. All right. And that's 630 Eastern. Okay. Sunday, all NFC games. All right. I mean, uh, Saturday, NFC. You got the Packers at the 49ers. That game is on Fox at 8 p.m. You got to wait all the way to Saturday night for the uh, 
the uh, the Packers and the 49ers. So actually, okay, you do get two games. All right, I see how they split this up. I'm sorry. So you get two games on Saturdays. You get two games on Sundays. Okay. So your first game on Saturday is Texans, Ravens, 430. Your second game on Saturday is Packers at 49ers. And then on Sunday, you get two games. You get Chiefs Bills, 630 on CBS. And then you get Buccaneers at Lions at 3 p.m. on NBC. No Peacock, no Prime Video, whatever, none of that stuff. This is the 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 networks that you have been used to. Okay. Everyone should have ESPN, you know, by now, right? So uh two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. And that, that's it, folks. We're down to, to eight teams now and and the division arounds is the right to get to the conference championships so man boy we're getting down to the nitty gritty of the nfl this is really getting exciting man raven's been sitting around waiting 49ers been sitting around waiting chiefs and bills buccaneers and lions they've you know they've been playing so this is going to be great stuff here. So, man, can the Packers pull off an upset? Can the Red Hot Texans go in there and, you know, so me and Dustin, we'll break all of this down, okay? Uh, some quick notes here. Uh, th- there's the uh, footage of Jerry Jones being interviewed in the uh, Cowboys. Look, looks like the locker room there. And, man, it is not a good uh, uh, video piece because Jerry obviously has been crying and you can, his eyes are puffy and oh my goodness, it's, it's really sad and it was, it's, it's, and, and painful. And when he says that it was a painful loss, you can see it. Okay. Um, man. And, and everyone of course, you know, wants answers and, uh, and Jerry didn't hide his disappointment with the green Bay's, uh, 4832 uh, went over his Cowboys there. And um, and and in his own words, uh, he said that this is the, the most painful loss uh, because we all had such great expectations and we had hope for this team and uh, and thought that we were aligned and, and in great shape and it didn't happen for us. And it's as fresh on me right now as it is on anybody else. And, and, and he was right, man. You see some of that, you see, if you see that interview with him, and man, you know that man had been crying. And um, and I tell you what, now you you can say what you will about Jerry Jones, but you cannot say that that man ain't passionate. And those words uh, align with uh, his emotion, and 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 you know he, he's just speaking from the heart there. And and I agree with him on that because I just I I thought this Cowboys team had something special, man. And this, you know, and, and, and I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl because, um, you know, I was just, you know, trying to uh, poke fun at their fans. No, I mean, I thought this, the team was loaded. I, I saw the same thing Jerry Jones saw in, with this Dallas Cowboy team. And um, so, I, I mean, you got to understand the, the, the raw emotion that you see in that footage there with Jerry Jones, uh, crying um it was uh it was the real deal and man i mean just very disappointing so 
he was in no shape to answer any questions about the future of Mike McCarthy, the future of of Dak Prescott, the future of any of those players or anybody. Because, man, that's raw. When you catch him in raw, you know, you catch people. Look, I have been on in those locker rooms and in, in intense situations like that. I remember when the Raiders lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. And, look, one thing, and I was a young reporter back then getting started, and, you know, it's well, I, you know, it's always fun to go to the winner's locker room because, you know, you you can almost ask any kind of question. Everyone is happy. They're going to answer it. You know, not so much in the loser's locker room. And so, I, you know, I went to the Raiders locker room. I went and talked to some of the players, and believe me, man, it was not – you're talking about hostile territory. You know, I mean, you got a bunch of pissed-off players slamming lockers, you know, long faces, people looking at you. I dare you come over here with your microphone and ask me, you know, a dumbass question about next year and what's going to happen. I mean, you know, that's that's what that's what it was. That that's what it's like. But you know, um, to catch an owner like that with Jerry, man, Jerry, and and look, I give it up to Jerry for even facing the media, man. He didn't hold back. He was right there, you know, and he put it right there. So, but anyway. No, he didn't answer that question about what what's going to happen, but he will. He will answer that. He will. Um, I, I got to think that man, as pissed off as he was and full of emotion like that, it it cannot look good for for Mike McCarthy. And knowing that all these coaches are out there dangling like carrots, uh, meaning uh, Belichick who I'm getting ready to talk about here in a minute, and Mike Vrabel and all these other guys out there. Um, I think Jerry Jones is going to address this as soon as the sting wears off. You know, when you get bit or, you you know, you injure yourself, the sting or whatever, you know, you just got to set it out and just let it go away, man. And I think that's what's going to happen here with, with Dallas and Jerry Jones. But he will make an announcement. He will do something. Um, cause man, he, he said it, 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 it hurt, you know, I mean, what you have to explain how the hell did this happen? How did it happen? And what do you do? You look at the, your team and you're like, good Lord, what else can I do? You know, you, you can't throw money at everything. Cause you, you know, you figured you got guys that want to be there. You got the right coach, you got everything. And you're like, how, how, how? So we should see, but anyway, uh, Bill Belichick, let's talk about this guy because his name is uh, 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 all over the place. The Atlanta Falcons interviewed Bill Belichick for their vacant head coaching job, and no deal uh, has been reached, And but there is mutual interest as the two sides continue to talk. Now, this is according to my friend Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network. So... Interesting. So this is Bill Belichick's first uh, interview since parting ways with New England. So it's really tough out there because, boy, this is like, you know, man, it, you know, if you Jerry, a lot, 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 lot of my colleagues in the media are trying to put this picture together. And you can watch ESPN, Fox or what, you know, and you sit there and you'll see Bill Belichick's picture and Jerry Jones' picture and this and that. I mean, that's TV, right? 
That's TV. That's what they're supposed to do. Get you all excited. You know, let's see. I mean, will that opportunity be there? Because Atlanta is a is, is a remarkable team. The Chargers is a remarkable team. The Titans is a remarkable team. I mean, Bill Belichick could take any one of these jobs. Will the Dallas uh, thing even be an option? You know, Jerry, this thing, you just can't make a knee-jerk reaction. And, you know, I, I, I look at Bill Belichick, you know, he comes in there with a, with a lot of, uh, I mean, this guy likes authority, just like Sean Payton. I mean, certain coaches got egos. And I couldn't imagine anybody having a bigger ego than a man with six Super Bowl titles. You know, I mean, really? Come on now. You know, you, you I mean, you got Mike McCarthy, you know, with one, but I mean, Bill Belichick has a lot of Super Bowl titles, right? So, uh, so anyway, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I, Bill Belichick may not be around. He's interviewing mighty fast and he could be snatched up at any time. So, um, and, and, you know, and, and so we should see how, how, how that works out though. Um, so, all right, that is that. And are we ready to move on to the NBA? Because I know yesterday, uh, just the excitement of MLK, and but we had so much um, wild card weekend uh, to debrief that I, we didn't talk any uh, basketball yesterday, but we will today as the NBA, uh, as they always do on Martin the King Day, they have a slew of basketball games. And yesterday was no different. And look, and look, I, I got a chance to watch some, okay, because football, you know, I had planned to watch more NBA basketball yesterday, but because the, the Steelers and the Bills game um, it was, you know, pushed to Monday, you know, you watch two NFL games back-to-back, that's, folks, that's, what, at least six or seven hours, okay, of football. So you don't get a whole lot done, but uh, I wasn't trying to get a lot done anyway because it was, what, 25 degrees yesterday, so there was nothing left to do but just sit and watch. But I didn't get to focus on basketball as as much as I wanted to. But anyway, Draymond Green uh, did return to the Warriors lineup yesterday. Uh, He only scored seven points, I think, in like 23 minutes. But uh, that wasn't even the biggest story. The, the, the biggest story was that uh, the game was played in Memphis, uh, the site where Dr. Martin Luther King was was assassinated, right? Uh, uh, look, if you haven't been to that museum in Memphis, uh, I advise you to go if, if, you, if you, you, you find that interesting, which I do, and uh, just the history. Uh, the museum is really, really interesting. But anyway, uh, the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, Ja Morant is out for the year, had the season ending surgery there. So Grizzlies don't do well when Ja Morant is not playing. So you figure, okay, the Warriors are in town. Uh, they, they should be pumped up because they get, they get Draymond back, uh, you know, 26, uh, 23 minutes. He's on the court a lot, even though he don't score at seven points, but he's effective on the court, even when he doesn't have the ball. So, uh, but guess who wins the game? The Grizzlies beat, they beat the Warriors 116-107. to 107. Just unbelievable. Okay, Vince Williams, Jr. scored 24 points. G.G. Jackson added uh career-high 23 points. And, uh, of course, Jaron Jackson, Jr. had 18 points. Uh, believe it or not, he went four for 20 for the, from the field, uh, but still finished with 18 points. They beat 
the 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 Warriors. Now, the Warriors are not all that great either this year when you look at the standings, right? But uh, they 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 get the win. Uh, the Warriors were led by Steph Curry, twenty six points, eight assists. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga finished with twenty points and eleven rebounds, and, and Wiggins, uh, Andrew Wiggins, finished with uh, sixteen points. So, uh, unreal. You know, I mean, they 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 get the win. Uh, how how crazy is that? Um, but look, I went to a playoff game when the Warriors and the Grizzlies were uh, playing, and uh, and uh, this was a few years ago. I think the Warriors went on and won that championship anyway. But th- that was an interesting playoff series. But I was at Game Five, I think, and John Morant was out for that game, and the Warriors. Uh, the the Grizzlies beat them by uh, uh, beat them by like fifty points or something like that. It was crazy. <laughs> so it's happened before. So I'm not really that shocked. But you know, and this and this was in a playoff game. So I know that these things do happen. But anyway, um, so a good win for Memphis last night. And and even though I think their season is basically probably over, I don't see them making any noise in the Western Conference. But uh, uh, the bigger news, though, of course, was Draymond Green's return to the Warriors. Now, in other Mother of the King Day action in the NBA, how about this? Now, Kyrie Irving, uh, he's known for putting up some big points. And as a matter of fact, him and Luka Doncic has put up, uh, uh, have have had multiple games where they both have scored 40 uh, or more points. Now, uh, it's crazy to think that someone else other than Luka Doncic would join Kyrie in putting up 40 points in the same game, but it happened, okay? Um, okay, Irvin scored 42 points. Tim Hardaway Jr. finished uh, with 41 points as they uh, beat the New Orleans Pelicans uh, last night, 125 to 120. So it's just crazy. It's crazy that, you know, two players on the same team, 40 points plus. Uh, I expected that with Luka. Uh, it should happen more often than than it does. But, you know, you got to figure, man, you know, what are the other three players on that team doing their assist rate should be high as hell, right? Because there's only two people scoring. But you got to remember, Kyrie can get to the basket. Luka is not really the the ones that's going to get to the basket. He's going to shoot, you know. So somebody's getting the assist there. But Kyrie, you know, he can earn his way to the basket. But, man, an exciting, exciting. This was in Dallas yesterday. An exciting uh, MLK game as the Mavericks get the win. Zion Williamson. 30 points there um, for the the, uh, Pelicans. And C.J. McCollum, 23 points also for the the Pelicans. But, man, wow. I mean, what do you do? Sometimes you just sit around, and if you're on the other team playing defense, man, you just have to watch the show because it's just just crazy that two players, you know, between the both of them there, uh, 83 points there. Unbelievable. So great win there. So so whoever was able to see that game in Dallas, because Dallas, Texas also had crazy weather, freezing rain and uh, snow. So, uh, you know, there were some lucky people there. I don't know what the attendance was. Uh, I'm looking for it. I don't see it there. But, man, whoever was there to see it uh, saw 
some something magical because you don't really get to see that type of action. That, that's rare to see that. And uh, and I hate I actually missed it on TV because it, it, it would have been a, a sight to see. All right. And look, how about this? How about the Lakers? Okay. My team here, who I am very critical of, the Lakers defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder last night. And this is critical because the Thunder is the second best team in the Western Conference. And the Lakers have really owned them this year, believe it or not. So there's always that one team that you just match up with well. And I wouldn't have you know, thought that it would be Oklahoma because this Oklahoma team is so much younger than the Lakers. You know, LeBron makes the Lakers very old. But nevertheless, uh, Anthony Davis, 27 points, 15 rebounds, a good double-double. LeBron, 25 points last night. D'Angelo Russell sometimes is the um, is the X factor because he had 14 points, but he also had seven assists. So when he's able to balance his game out the way it's supposed to be, the Lakers can get a win. Now, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, 24 points. But, you know, he's really playing with a sprained knee. So he's not really as explosive as he wants to be. Uh, he can still shoot the lights out. And then Chet Holmgren, uh, you know, he, he struggled. Not one of his best nights last night. But the Lakers get that win. And it's just one of the rare wins that, that the Lakers get, you know, got over a, a good team, a team over 500. But hey, you know, I have to really praise them for, for this one, but they're just so damn inconsistent, you know. But look, they got a two week stretch coming here where they don't have to leave Los Angeles. And that's going to be really important for them that they don't leave home. Uh, they get some of those injured players back. And, and they just take advantage of some of the action. How about the commissioner was there last night? Adam Silver was at the game last night. Now, he's actually in town because the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have this nice uh, dome. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, obviously it's a dome, but uh, this, the, the, the arena is called Intuit Dome. Uh, it's in Inglewood. And it's going to open up next year. But I think they're getting ready to announce that the 2026 NBA All-Star Game is going to be there. How about that? The Clippers. The Clippers, a team that I followed um, in 20, uh, in uh, 2002. Uh, me and my guys, we we followed the Clippers for an entire season. I think the the the, the one before that too. So, and, and the Clippers have always been like the 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 the, the not not the little brother, but the step brother in in Los Angeles. They used to have their their own arena, uh, the sports arena, which is like right there on the campus of USC, but it was a much smaller arena. Uh, I remember when the Lakers built uh, the Staples Center. And uh, when that opened up, I think it was like 1999, 2000. And the first year the Lakers were in the Staples Center, they won the championship. They won. Remember, they won back to back to back. And but the Clippers and then the Clippers came along because that, you know, the, the sports arena, you know, just real small. I mean, just a real small place. And I did watch them play games there. Uh, and then there were a time when they played games and. Uh, at the Pond of Anaheim, the, the the arena there, which was, you know, really far. You know, Anaheim is, is just far 
from from L.A. And what makes it even farther is the traffic. You know, if you've ever been, you know, I lived in Southern California for 20 years. But um, and I can even go back to San Diego when the Clippers were in San Diego when I was in the United States Navy. And when they forced us to go watch the Clippers play because they needed uh, people to be in the arena. So imagine being forced to go watch a game. And when you're in the Navy, you couldn't say you didn't want to go because it was an order. You had to go to the game. But anyway, the Clippers have had a long journey. And uh, this new owner, Steve Ballmer, man, this guy's really good. Um, he loves this team. He he's He's rich. Um, he, he doesn't throw his money around, you know, but he, 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 he will take care of the team sort of like a Mark Cuban in, in a way, but, uh, the Clippers going to have their own arena and the Clippers don't be surprised if the Clippers win an NBA championship here in the next three or four years, because this guy is determined. Um, and, and I'll talk about the Clippers here later, but anyway, the commissioner was there. And at the game last night, so he's probably, you know, going to go down and take a look at this arena. And uh, But big win for the Lakers last night as they uh, take care um, of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. All right, so I was going to look at the standings. Not much has really changed in the NBA standings. Uh, oh, there's one more game that we want to talk about here, and that was the Boston Celtics. Now, you're talking about owning somebody, and, and this is just not really good, but the Boston Celtics uh, have won eight straight games over the Raptors. So I guess it's just one of those teams that they just don't match up well against. You know, Tatum, 19 points, 14 rebounds. Drew Holiday uh, put eight of his season high, uh, 22 points in the fourth quarter. Just kind of sealed the deal there, and they beat the Raptors 105-96. And Derek White also scored 22 points. And Chris Stops Persingas uh, had 15 points. Al Horford, damn, the whole damn team scored in double figures, it seemed like. He had 10 points and 11 rebounds. So just a solid game all around. I saw the Celtics a few weeks ago in San Antonio uh, when they went up against the Spurs. And the team is good. The Celtics is good. Even though Milwaukee handled them pretty good the other day, I still think this Boston team is going to end up. And look, they did this without Jalen Brown, you know, because he's out with that hyperextended right knee. So this is this is pretty good. The Celtics is good. They they took a, a, a beating by the Milwaukee Bucks, but I still think in the end, in the Eastern Conference, you are going to see the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think it's going to, it's just going to be that way. I, I don't, I don't see any other way. I don't know what other team is going to sneak up there and, uh, and, and be competitive. I think the Knicks are, are well, the 76ers, they, they will be good. They're five games out of first place right now. But I, I think when you look at the top three teams in the Eastern conference, which happen to be the Celtics, Bucks and Knicks, I mean, the Celtics, Bucks and 76ers, it's going to stay that way. I, I don't see I, – I just think it's going to stay that way, those three. And then when you go over in the West, I think any changes that is going to happen uh, in the NBA standings are, are going to take place in the West. And and that's because the top five teams in the West, there's only five games that separate them. The top four teams is only three games. The Timberwolves uh, still number one. The Oklahoma City – one game behind Denver, one game behind Clippers, three games behind. So keep an eye on the Clippers, right? Uh, 
and they've won eight of their last 10, which is uh, incredible. And, um, and don't blink on the Jazz, who are have won nine of their last ten, and 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 have passed the Lakers. Now the Lakers are in that tenth spot, but the Jazz now they're two games over five hundred. So a lot of shuffling. You see it in the West, okay, and and it's going to be interesting. The Phoenix Suns, uh, they they've won seven of their last ten. The 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 whole Western Conference, uh, everyone. When you look at the last 10 games, they all have won six of more of their last 10. As compared to the East, it's just not like that. So this is why the the Western Conference is going to be so competitive down the stretch here. And I just don't think in the end that uh, the Timberwolves or the Thunder are, are, are going to hold that one and two spot. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I don't see it. I really don't see it. Uh, I don't see it happening like that. So anyway, just just incredible stuff. So, all right, NC2A college basketball here. Then we're gonna close the show and get uh, get you ready for tomorrow because there's always something to talk about. Right? Cannot wait. What do I do when this show is over? Well, I, I'm ready for whatever breaking news and sports stories that come up because man, it just never stops. So. Um, Michigan State, uh, they finally get a win. Michigan State, uh, just a great, uh, not Michigan uh, State. I'm sorry, Michigan. Michigan, they finally get a win, and and um, I'm I'm glad uh, because look, I'm I'm old school, so I remember the Fab Five. I know some of you guys out there uh, remember them as well. But Michigan got a win over Ohio State last night, seventy. Three to sixty-five, uh, and and they did it in front of the Fab Five because they they were all there uh, to watch the game. Weber was there, Rose was there, Ray Jackson, and Jimmy King was there. Uh, now, uh, Polinko, Rob Polinko, who is the general manager of the Lakers, now he was uh, on that team uh, with the Fab Five, so I, I don't I didn't see him there. But anyway, and then of course Juwan Howard was. Uh, who is the head coach of Michigan? Obviously, he was there. He's the, he's the head coach. But anyway, good win. Uh, they didn't let those guys down. They 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 get the win over Ohio State, which was a uh, much needed win for Michigan. Now they are seven and ten, two and four in the Big Ten. So they got a lot of work to do. But they they did beat a good Ohio State team. Ohio State twelve and five now, two and four also. Uh, in conference play, but uh, man, uh, just a classic win there for for uh, uh, you know, uh, man. If you don't remember the Fab Five, you know, you can always go to YouTube and see what the hell I'm talking about. They were <laughs> they were uh, pretty pretty fabulous back then. So uh, some upsets, I guess, um, in college basketball last night is um, Maryland. They uh, take down. Number 10, Illinois. So, man, just when one fresh new college basketball poll comes out, look like we're going to have another fresh one here. Uh, Jameer Young scored 28 points, and Julian Reese had 20 points and 11 rebounds to lead Maryland. 76-67 victory over number 10, Illinois. Uh, for the 10th time this week, that a team ranked in the top 10 lost. I told you. Yeah, that's why they're going to have to, you know, that poll, man. It's exciting, and it's going to happen a lot. 
still early. Remember, college basketball tournaments don't start uh, for like another month, okay? But it's still, conference play is still exciting. So, big win for Maryland. Uh, Jameer Young is an exciting player. I've seen him play uh, for the for the Turpins. Um, so, that was just a, a good win there. And uh, Illinois is still a great basketball team, so that's not going to that's not going to hurt them at all. But uh, another number 17, Marquette, they uh, were able to beat Villanova. So, yes, uh, they do not want to be uh, beaten by an unranked team. So um, how about that? But look, one reason why Marquette was able to pull away late and beat Villanova is because Dwayne Wade had a pregame speech to the team. How about that? It's not every day that an NBA Hall of Famer just drops in and speaks to the team. We saw it worked in Mif- uh, in in uh, Michigan, though. So it's kind of nice that these guys can come back and motivate these young kids, though. So Michigan got motivation from the Fab Five, and Marquette they get motivation from Dwayne Wade, who uh, uh, spoke to the kids uh, before the game. Uh, big win there for Marquette. And looking at the AP poll here, which, uh, you know, last week we had different number ones there. And how about UConn? UConn have, they are the number one team in the country right now. And it, that that might stay for a while. Purdue only dropped down to number two after losing last week. Kansas and Purdue didn't drop that far at all, which is, you know, incredible. Uh, but UConn moved up a lot. Houston, which was number two, dropped to number five. North Carolina's number four now. Tennessee, which was number four, dropped to number six. Duke is up there. Man, Duke Duke was not in the top ten. Duke is now in the top ten. Kentucky is number eight. Baylor's number nine. Memphis is in the top ten now. Uh, Wisconsin and Arizona, 11 and 12. Auburn moved up a couple of spots there number 13 now illinois uh, now in the um, story i gave you they had illinois at number 10 but that was the the previous week though so illinois is really number 14 uh in the latest ap poll and oklahoma is number 15 utah state 16 marquette is 17 and creighton is 18 tcu 19 byu 20 Dayton 21, Mississippi 22, FAU 23, Iowa State uh, 24. They had that big win over Houston last week. Texas Tech at uh, number 25. So how about that? Um, That is your top 25 AP poll, which is going to only uh, change here a lot. But um, and I cannot wait to March Madness. I know it's only January. 16 but still man it's coming it's coming it's coming just like the nfl season went by just like that it's coming all right that's gonna do it for today's show we will catch you back here tomorrow for another day of exciting sports topics scores and updates hope you enjoyed the show uh got some great nba action tonight as well as college basketball so enjoy your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow